Shameless Media. Hey guys, it's producer Annabelle here. You might be wondering what this episode is doing in your Shameless podcast feed, and well, I'm here to tell you. Today, we've launched a very exciting podcast series over on the Shameless Book Club. It's called The Tastemakers, and it's something I've loved working on behind the scenes as a senior producer. On The Tastemakers, friend of Shameless Media, Gemma Diamond, sits down with some of the biggest names in Australia's fashion, food and media scenes to hear all about how they indulge, how they dress, eat, live and read. We've already dropped episode one with a very familiar face in the Shameless Book Club podcast feed, but we thought, why not give you a little taste too? So enough from me. Here is episode one of The Tastemakers with Gemma Diamond and Michelle Andrews. I honestly feel like this book was one that I was a slightly different person, a slightly stronger and more stoic person when I closed it. And I can't say that for many books. And I think it's interesting reading the Goodreads reviews because there are a lot of people who really feel the same as I do. There's just some kind of magic in those pages. Welcome to The Tastemakers in partnership with Bailey's Irish Cream Liqueur. I'm your host, Gemma Diamond, and in this very special fortnightly book club series, I sit down with your favourite tastemakers from a range of backgrounds. From beauty to lifestyle to food creators, over the next few months, we will be getting to know the tastemakers we reckon lead the charge in their respective areas of expertise. Since Bailey's and indulgence go hand in hand, I will of course be asking our tastemakers how they see enjoyment in moments away from work too. Is it a glass of Baileys on a Friday night at home? Is it getting lost in a romance book for hours? Or is it binge listening to a thriller novel on a long drive? We've got a lot to chat about, so let's get into it. Today, we are joined by Michelle Andrews. Hello, Gemma Diamond. (laughs) I love hearing it. I love hearing (laughs) that name. I am so excited to be here. We are in a very bougie house in Collingwood, Melbourne, and I can hear a lot of like life and color and fun things happening outside. So if the listeners can hear that. I mean, sorry for enjoying ourselves. Sorry for being in like an immersive podcast for you. There is a large part of me that wants to pretend this is my own heritage listed property. But yes. unfortunately, I think the charade would be up pretty yeah. much straight off the bat. I think as well, like it's just, it's eclectic. It's beautiful. It's a really good setting for us to have a chat about books. Well, you've given me a beautiful segue into my first question, (laughs) Michelle. I would love to know, when did you first fall in love with reading? I fell in love with reading, I think I would have been seven or eight years old. I had just started netball and I was obsessed with it. And there was a four-part netball series. And I'm hoping there is someone out there listening to this who knows what I'm talking about. Written, I believe it might have been by two Australian authors and it was called Netball Dreams, Dreams with a Z. It's funny that just hearing you say Netball Dreams, I knew it was with a Z. I felt Mm. it in my heart. Yeah, this was a big deal. I reckon back in like 2002, this was it as far as Australian children's literature was concerned. See, I was playing netball at this time, but my mother's, I mean, saddest moment (laughs) is when I pointed out to her that I was just in it for the uniform, which feels on brand for me. (laughs) (laughs) I was in it for so many different reasons. I actually fell in love with that sport so much, but I also fell in love with this series I read those four books, I think, like maybe a total of 80 times. I reckon I ran through the series 20 plus times. It was that kind of thing where 
I just reread it and reread it and reread it. And it wasn't just my love of netball. It turned into like a love of reading and a ritual that I would go to bed. The problem was, was for so long, I just want to read the same thing. Well, okay. So if we're crediting that with your initial mm-hmm. love of reading, it's also why we're here today to talk mm. about your love of the world of books. Is there an idea that you have picked up from a book that you've read that you find you apply to your life now or perhaps pass on to people that you you know, love or work with? Mm, yeah, there's an incredible book. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked. And I will put on the record, it's a slightly controversial one. Mm-hmm. Some you, I think it's a book you either love or you hate. Yeah. I happen to love it. I think this is such a beautiful one because for me, I mean, there was, there was a bit in there about feedback and maybe relinquishing this idea that what other people think about you matters all that much, which I found really helpful. But also a huge portion of the book just focuses on the idea of courage yeah, and okay. bravery. And whether that's something small in your relationships with people in your life, having mm. little moments of bravery to really be honest with them or be vulnerable with them, or whether that's bravery in the workplace or bravery in sticking up for yourself. I honestly feel like this book was one that I was a slightly different person, a slightly stronger and more stoic person when I closed it. Wow. And I can't say that for many books. And I think it it's interesting reading the Goodreads reviews because there are a lot of people who really feel the same as I do. There's just some kind of magic in those pages. It wasn't even that the message was incredibly complicated. A lot of it was very, very simple. Mm-hmm. But I think I found it at a point in my life where I needed to hear what the book was trying to tell me. And I think if anyone is listening to this who thinks, oh, I, I need a dose of that. Yeah. I need a little hint of bravery in my life and courage. Definitely pick up the courage to be disliked. I think it will really revolutionize the way you see yourself, the way you see life, and also the way you see relationships. I will be picking this book up. Mm, it's amazing. I would love to know, let's say you're in a bookstore, you mm-hmm. can only choose to read books from one section mm-hmm. of the bookstore for the rest of your life. Mm. Where are you planting yourself? What a good question. Thank you. Can I take us to the airport bookstore? You may. And the... Where are we going? <laughs> Let, where do you want to go? Oh, anywhere. A lot of people point. go to Fiji at the moment, so I'm like, I'd go to Fiji. Yeah, great. Who am I to say no to a holiday? Did you go on a honeymoon? I, at the time of recording, I am. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go somewhere sunny where we can read lots of books by a pool or body of water. I want to go to the airport bookstore and I want to just exclusively spend my time in the best-selling section. You know how nice, they've got like the yeah. top 20 bestsellers? Yep. I just feel like I know that popular things, some people can kind of roll their eyes at that or want something more niche. But I feel like if something's best selling to that point, there's a reason for it. And I always find something I like in the best selling section. I totally agree with that. And I've realized I've been leaning into that more and more Mm. just to digress for a moment. I've been using a lot of cliches in speech and I've realized, no, these exist for a reason. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're popular for a reason. Yeah. And they're often accurate. Yeah. But I'd love the bestseller section. I feel like every time I go to an airport, I want to pick up at least two to three books. I love that. Mm. Obviously, you love to read. You love Mm. books. Would you say that books and your love of reading have influenced you as a co-founder, as a business owner, as who you are professionally? Mm. I think I've definitely picked up things from books that have helped me as a co-founder. I remember Mm -hmm. Emma Isaac said in 
her book, I think it was Winging It, she said, go a centimeter wide and a kilometer deep Mm -hmm. when it comes to what you're pursuing as a business person or in your career. And I really love that. And I come back to that. But the longer we've been in business, I say um, we as in Zara and I, I don't think books influence me in the workplace. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. I, I kind of need to lean out of career focused books because I feel like I think about career and I think about work so much. I think the purpose books serve for me more so now is just escapism. I just really want to read sugary, fun, juicy, gossipy, drama-filled fiction books. Mm -hmm. They really give me a sense of reprieve, I think, from all the stuff going on at work. And I definitely see a place for business-focused books. But honestly, my brain is so tired of thinking about business sometimes. I just want to think about anything else. Are you the same? Yeah, yeah, to a point. Mm. But it is hard to switch off. Yeah. That's why all of the books that I read have also nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could go off on a whole other tangent. <laughs> However, I so I know you've said you, you do like to switch off from business, but mm. I do have a couple more business questions for you. I'm sure that our listeners are across some of how Shameless Media came to be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yourself and Zara left your jobs, essentially risked it all to start Shameless Media. Mm -hmm. I would love to know, is there anything beyond a gut feeling, an instinct that says to you, this idea is going to cut through? How do you know? Or are you just kind of following that feeling? It's definitely like gut is a massive part of it. I'm actually a huge numbers girly. Yeah, okay. Which I don't think I've actually spoken about much on the show. And I think maybe people come into the team and are a little bit surprised how much I just crave data and analytics. I'm often putting screenshots of graphs into our Slack channel to everyone. (laughs) I think the proof is in the numbers often. And I think that's something I, I really try and talk to even our team about. Obviously we get a lot of feedback all the time, like we were talking about earlier. But I think the ultimate feedback is, are people listening? Are they returning to listen the next week? And is that listener number growing? And if it is, I think that's the ultimate form of feedback that you're not always going to hear the positive, like the positive stuff. I think people are more likely to say something neutral or borderline critical, but I love the numbers because I think that is, it it can't be argued with. It's like indisputable Mm. that the numbers are strong and therefore the idea is strong. And I constantly have my head in that stuff. So whenever it comes to thinking of the next idea, often I'm looking at what numbers we can attach to that to figure out if the audience is there for it Mm. and therefore the demand is there for it and it's what the audience wants. I think that's wise as well because on the compulsion to to leave a review or to send in feedback, Mm. when I listen to something that I've really enjoyed, my first instinct is to call a friend. Tell a friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. sit down, re-listen to it, think about Mm. it. My first instinct isn't, I'm going to jump on and leave a review here. It Mm. will then prompt a dialogue somewhere else in my life Mm -hmm. that kind of comes with me throughout my day, if you will. I think so many of us are the same. I remember I watched a a really great talk from Tim Minchin. He was talking to a university group. I think you've probably seen this. It went really viral. And he made a point in it that so often we talk about the things we don't like, but how amazing would it be if we really shouted about the things we love? And I really try and remember that. I actually have made a news resolution to leave more Google reviews for the restaurants I love. Yes. Because I, I can see our videographer, Charlotte, laughing at this. Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I want to, I so often leave a restaurant and think that was amazing, but I have, I never leave a Google review telling them how amazing they are. No, or how I'm great their service the same. Is. I will do a colossal Instagram story. Yes. That this was the best and yes. I drank this and I ate this, but yeah. then that disappears. After I, went the most, I went to the most incredible Italian restaurant the other day. Wow. What a tension I'm taking us on. <laughs> well, this and is I looked the taste Google makers, reviews. Mish. We trust your taste. Well, we want to hear that. I looked at their Google reviews and it, they were bad. But Mitch oh. and I were sitting <laughs> there. did not go the way I thought no, it was going to. No, but this is the to. thing, right? Really bad Google reviews. Mitch and I sat there and we're like, this is amazing. We love this restaurant. Yeah. But then I left and I didn't leave them a review. So now my news resolution is I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start giving people more positive praise because I think they deserve it. And they're not going to hear me say to Mitch on my drive home that I loved the carbonara. <laughs> so like... I'm just no, going to start making that more public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really did love that carbonara. <laughs> I am going to bring it back to business and mm-hmm. creativity and content. Mm-hmm. The shameless media, Emma, if you will, is all about creating unique content. Mm. How do you ensure that the decisions that you're making as a business owner align with that goal? Mm. I think part of being unique is really putting your head down and ignoring what other people are doing. Mm. I would actually love to listen to Australian podcasts and I don't know, get out there and see what other people are doing. I'm really intentional about not doing that. The only Australian podcast I really listen to is Hamish and Andy. Yes. And I think that's because they play in such a different space to what we plan on playing in as a company. Yes, I understand. So I think for me, I don't feel like it's the right thing to listen to what other female podcasters are doing because mm. even if I unintentionally absorb their ideas and then churn out something similar, it just feels risky, honestly. I think so often adopting other people's ideas and running with them happens unintentionally. I don't yes. think we even realise we're yeah. doing it. So that's one thing actually, really putting our heads down and just focusing on what we care about and what we want to do. And then I think the other thing is actually actively trying not to emulate anything else in the Australian space. We're constantly having conversations to be like, what is not here? What is the gap? Constantly trying to ignore the stuff that is in the space already and looking for the holes around them. Mish, obviously this series is in partnership with Baileys. So it would be remiss of me not to ask, how do you do Baileys? I am a simple girly. I love Baileys over ice. And why don't I actually show you instead of telling you about it? As a Bailey's purist myself, I think we probably should. Let's yeah, go. let's get out of here and get into the kitchen. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> All right, Mish, Bailey's on ice. Talk me through it. This is your signature Bailey's. Well, there's not much to do. <laughs> Grab your spoon. <laughs> this is Bailey's for beginners, perhaps. Bailey's for beginners and also Bailey's just for people with very, very good taste. All right, so then we just pop some Bailey's in. This is this is my drink. This is I'm a Bailey's purist as well, so I really feel I've found a kindred spirit here. Okay, cheers. cheers. Yum. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this episode, head over to the Shameless Book Club podcast feed. You can simply search the Shameless Book Club in whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on or check the show notes on this episode for a link to the full chat. We will be dropping more episodes of The Tastemakers into the Shameless Book Club feed very, very soon. We have so many exciting guests lined up. We cannot wait for you to hear them all. So make sure you hit the follow button when you're looking at the Shameless Book Club pod channel. Thanks so much, guys. I'll see you over there.
This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.